Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 13th. It is six minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad you're here this morning. And we start off the hour talking about the lady from the Republican National Committee, the chairwoman, Rona McDaniel. She's campaigning for her fourth term as chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. However, the Arizona Republican Party is calling for her to resign from her position. They sent out a tweet earlier last week saying tonight the executive committee of the Arizona GOP unanimously passed a resolution calling for her resignation. The Republican Party, and it is, so we started off last hour talking about the total underachievers that are running for governor, right? You've got Silent Suzanne, career politician, yes man to all the tax increases, etc. <laughs> then you've got billionaire Braun, again, at the crux of it, career politician who has worked his way up the ladder, no matter what he says or does that's what he is he desperately wants to be in politics and then you've got this doden guy who his big rollout was uh no taxes for teachers screw Mm -hmm. the rest of you Mm -hmm. it's just the same my point is on this we keep picking the same type of people and then are amazed that we don't get any different result and so that is true in the sense of the the governance aspect of it but also from the party structure. Look at what the Republicans did after massive underachievement in the midterm. Kevin McCarthy in the House, straight out of central casting. John Boehner, Paul Ryan, fill in the blank. Mitch McConnell, same guy who's been there since the earth was young. I mean, other than a brief period in the in the middle of the last decade, he's never been in the majority because he's unlikable. Mm-hmm. And then leading the party, Ronna McDaniel, has failed repeatedly. 2018, lost the House. 2020, lost everything. 2022, yes, technically won the House, but a massive underachievement. And yet we are on the verge of putting the same establishment stooges in position of power. Mm -hmm. The governance is not going to change. The party is not going to change. You have to get different people with different ideas in there. And she was recently asked about the midterms and she she said she doesn't want to play the blame game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meaning, don't look at me. Well, and, 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 and so here's the problem and we're going to play a little audio from her here in just a second and, and this is the problem front and center, right? You can point out the realities without being a never-Trumper, right? There has to be a middle ground on that. And the reality is that Donald Trump, as in Donald Trump, and Donald Trump endorsed candidates are not are dramatically underperforming the rest of the race. I mean, look at Georgia. Seven out of eight statewide Republicans or statewide offices went Republican. One didn't. Herschel Walker, who drugged down by Trump. Blake Masters. Didn't win. Carrie Lake didn't win. Laxalt in Nevada didn't win. The two Republicans who did win, Bud in North Carolina, got out in a relative squeaker, and J.D. Vance, while winning, dramatically underperformed the rest, the, the governor in that state. Uh, what's his face? Oz lost to a guy who entered the debate with "Hi, good night, everybody." Mm-hmm. The Matt Masterino, the the uh, governor candidate there, dramatically underperformed. People are done with Trump. Well, and how much money did it take for JD Vance to win? Exactly, people millions are millions and millions. People are sick of Trump. It is like being in a relationship where one person has decided, "I am done here." I'm, I'm, I'm. Whether it's a boyfriend, a wife, a husband, or whatever. 
there just comes a point where no matter what you do, you're not going to salvage that relationship. People are there with Donald Trump. And so the correct response for her would be, yeah, you know what? We have made a calculated error by being beholden to Donald Trump. And clearly there are many, and I'm just freewheeling this off the top of my head. How can she not come up with this? There are many incredibly bright young people who are leading not just in this party, but leading in this nation who I look forward to being the new generation. And it is it is beholden to us to prop these people up sooner rather than later. I mean, what an easy answer. And you could say it a million times better than that. But listen to this. She is just so squish. Would you publicly say that Donald Trump bears any responsibility for the, some of the losses in the midterm elections. Would you say that publicly? You know, I don't like this. I don't like these parceling out because he supported Ted Budd who won and he supported J.D. Vance who won. I think there's a lot of things. That's why I've put together an after action report. We've got to look at Dobbs. But here's the one thing that I think people should be talking about, the amount of ticket splitting, the amount of Republicans that went out and voted for a Republican at the top of the ticket. Look at Arizona. The top vote getter is a Republican. Look at uh, Georgia. We had eight of nine statewide races won by Republicans. But why are Republicans going and voting for one Republican and not the other? Trump. We have to work hard to bring is, those independents that in. The answer to but your, that means you turnout you was not the issue. The answer is Trump, isn't it? I'm saying I'm not into the blame game right now. I think we've got to do an analysis. I think it's too quick. And I think you can't parcel out, will this endorsement help this one and this? It's the whole message. It's what did each candidate do? What was their turnout? But most importantly, how do we get independents to support Republicans? And how do we get Republicans to support other Republicans? And this infighting within our party is never going to help that. We need Trump voters. We need McCain voters. We need Romney voters. And then some if we're going to beat the Democrats. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street? Mm-hmm. The first one? Mm-hmm. Remember, spoiler alert, the movie's 40 years old, so I think I can go ahead and say this at this point. <laughs> Remember how it ends. She finally beats him when she just turns her back and says, you're not real, you can't hurt me anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what the Republican Party needs to do here. Trump has had his opportunity. Trump has lost, in a massive fashion, two election cycles in a row. That, that we're done here, right? We're done with this with, with this equation. And the sooner you have that conversation, right, the sooner we as a collective turn our back and say, we're done here. You can't threaten us. You can't hurt us anymore. Look, all these victories he supposedly had, one, it doesn't matter in primaries because that's not how you get in office. But Greg Pence doesn't count. Jim Banks doesn't count. The vast majority of these people were not going to lose. They didn't have any competition. Or if they had competition, it was ridiculous competition. Donald Trump was horrendous in races that were up for grabs, and he was the focal point. She made the case there that we've been making for months now, Mm -hmm. which is the reality of all of this, whether people want to admit it or not, is that in Georgia, seven Republicans won and one lost in statewide office, and that was Herschel Walker. And that was Trump's candidate. And the difference was Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. People will vote Republican unless Donald Trump is shoved into their face. I promise you, if Donald Trump had not endorsed Herschel Walker and he had won a primary on his own and he had run with Ron DeSantis and Brian Kemp, the governor there, and whatever, he would have won. Would have been a different outcome. Well, she said it's too quick. We have to do some analysis. What are you waiting for? Do the analysis already. We've already done the analysis. It's, It's already been done. We've already figured this out. 
why is she so slow in the uptake? And here's an idea. Get the Republican messaging clear. She's not into the blame game. Okay, but is she into organizing a clear, consistent message? She said she doesn't, she wants all Republicans on the same page. Isn't that her job as the right. chairwoman? Right. Lead the party. You don't, it is though we have said to ourselves, well, we either have to have super big government establishment T people or it must be Trump. No, it doesn't. It, we don't have to have Mitch McConnell. We don't have to have Jeb Bush. We don't have to have Kevin McCarthy. We, at least I, I I'm speaking for you, and, and if I'm wrong, correct me, we're not saying Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy should be in charge. What we're saying is there are an infinite number of really bright, likable people who are reliably conservative, whether it is obviously Ron DeSantis, but even take him out of the equation because everything becomes Trump versus DeSantis. Tim Scott, Christy Nome, Greg Abbott. I mean, there's just a ton of people who you could put them at a uh, caramel soccer mom's dinner and they walk away going, yeah, I might I might vote for that person mm-hmm. versus Donald Trump mm-hmm. or Trump-esque people, whether it's Boebert or Green or whoever, and they're not even getting in the door. You have to be able to get in the door to close the sale, and we keep putting people up who can't even get in the door to close the sale. It is not an either-or conversation here. You can have reliably consistent, conservative, likable candidates. Mm-hmm. You don't have to default to McConnell and, and Kevin McCarthy. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you want to get to this morning, Joe? He got his panties all up in a wad over Elon Musk. Uh, So Elon Musk has fallen from the top spot on Forbes' real-time billionaires list. His stock closed down less than 6% on Monday. This is a real-time as they sit there and watch stocks go up and down. Uh, He'll be back up on top in no time I'm sure but you know he tweeted out the other day that his pronouns were prosecute Fauci and got a lot of backlash for that the tweet went viral had over a million likes and 100,000 replies within you know hours of him tweeting it and now Morning Joe has to attack Elon because of course they have to have a bad guy to go after you uh so I want to play this for one reason because my favorite there's no there's no real deep aha moment here in this audio where you'd say that's uber insightful or whatever it's just morning Joe being ridiculous like morning Joe always is but I want to play this because I get great pleasure out of listening to morning Joe be completely beholden to his wife and do her bidding on cable television as she agrees in the background. This happens all the time on this show. And it's it's literally like, I don't want to tell these children to get off of my driveway. Honey, you go out there and do mm-hmm. it. Just listen to this. It's great. I just got to say, to be, honest, not to. You know, be honest with you. When, not to bring us into when, our life. When he's so obviously <laughs> gross playing... <laughs> Into sort of, he's doing like this shock opera routine, you know, like his, his thing on Anthony Fauci. I, again, it's dangerous. I, again, I just, <laughs> it it's is. stupid. It's dangerous if you have a lot of money in Tesla. It's stupid otherwise. Yeah. All of this sort of Twitter infighting. Again, Andrew, okay, you brought him up. So I'll just say, I like, I can get off Twitter. I don't really care. But I'm wondering what a guy spending $44 billion on that, he's got this brilliant mind for for inventing things, for, for, for creating things. I just, every day, 
I wonder, why is he acting like a backbench Republican in the House of Representatives instead of like the richest guy in the world, a guy who could actually take the country in positive places? I don't get it. <laughs> it, it what, what, look, look, and I know we got to get to a break, but in your relationship, whatever it is, if you sense in any shape, form, or capacity as a man that you are heading towards Morning Joe, <laughs> you need to get out of that <laughs> immediately because I promise you that man internally is a level of miserable I can't even begin to describe. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and uh, something happened down in the Bahamas last night. Someone was arrested. We're going to talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. Two minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and we're going to take a look at some trending stories. Classic rock bands Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top in the news. They're going to co-headline a Summer 23 tour, and they're bringing the show to Ruoff Music Center, Noblesville. Uncle Cracker will be a special guest on the tour. Tickets for that go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. Okay. we got to have this conversation. Okay. What conversation is There's that? no one left from the original Leonard Skinner in that <laughs> band, right? Am I am I wrong on that? They're all they're all gone. Is there maybe one person? Well, a couple of them died in the uh-huh. 70s. Well, in obviously in the plane crash, but I'm saying like collectively if you were to put up Leonard Skinner circa 1974, mm-hmm. it's and, a different band. Yeah, other than yeah. the brother of the guy who mm-hmm. was the lead singer, mm-hmm. right? What what are we doing here? I mean, how how are these guys not on American Greed? Hey, you know, you know how they died in that plane crash and it was in Mississippi. Yeah, I've been there. Really? And they they've got these big marble. um, No kidding. Yeah. There's like a statue there. It's yeah. I mean, I mean, look, obviously that was a horrific, terrible sign in a book and there's American flags all over it. Okay, but and obviously, look, that was terrible, horrific. uh, Ronnie Van Zant. It, the the bro, the bro, is Ronnie the brother or is Ronnie the 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 main one? I, I don't claim to be an expert on Leonard Skinner. Is Ron, look that up real quick. Uh, but think, the, I, think I like he was their the, music. Wasn't he the singer? Yeah, that's what they did. He, he's the original singer, right? There because the brother yeah. is the singer now. So obviously a phenomenally talented group, and it was horrific and terrible what happened. But you. The, this is no more Leonard Skinner than I am the Bob and Tom show, right? Like I mean, that, that's just like it's just not. It's not. It's not the it's same. Not, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even. It's not even what foreigners doing. Where there's some like the main people isn't isn't Mick Jones still in foreigner? Isn't he still in the band? So even though it's not Lou Graham, it, it, it's, it's not one member. You know, well, you think they're just cashing in on the name? It's not even Sticks. Where mm-hmm. it's, you know, at least it's still Tommy Shaw and J D Young and one of the Panazos is still there. They're approaching the 50th anniversary of their debut album, by the way. Now ZZ Top is mm-hmm. two of the three mm-hmm. are still there, so I guess that's okay. Even though there was only three. And by the way, the best part about ZZ Top was they had beards, except mm-hmm. for the guy named Beard who didn't have a beard. <laughs> right. That was my favorite part. Of Z- anyway, sorry, I got totally off base on that. Also trending is Joe Biden. He was let off a stage by a young girl after he delivered a speech yesterday at a Toys for Tots event with the United States Marine Corps Reserve in Virginia. He asked the little girl, which way do we go? And she took his hand and led him off stage. Is that wrong? 
Well, I'm Does wondering, that portray weakness from the president? I'm wondering if this is how they're getting around him getting lost on stage. Oh, yeah. You little know, girls, he, just he, having little girls. He doesn't know which way to exit. Well, it kind of went with the Toys for Tots, Toys for Tots campaign, yeah. but it's, it's actually not a bad idea. Just let little children drag our president around by no, the hand. No, have someone on stage to show him which way to oh, exit. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> also trending, uh, Betty White's house. Do you remember talking about this? Yes. After she passed away, was sold or was for sale? It was. It was for sale, and it sold for over ten million dollars. Wow. It was purchased, and now it's torn down. Wait, what? Somebody bought Betty White's house. Just so they could tear it down. Bought it for $10 million, over $10 million. So they basically bought the land mm-hmm. for $10 million. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a teardown, they claim, because it's no longer there. The only thing left is where the fireplace was. This, see, this is why, so as many people know, I bought a house next to my father so I can keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. But also, when, when he is uh, either for whatever reason, no longer desires to live there. You're going to have two properties? I will be able to take that house over because that way my family will be able to ensure that someday it becomes the state historical landmark that it should be, (laughs) the house that Rob Kendall grew up in, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to risk someone just despite me buying that property and tearing, tearing it down. It down. Yeah. yeah, you have to get a uh, state marker there. My, my whole goal is to buy every house on the street I live, and then I'm going to build a giant wall around it. I'm going to compound it. And then you could call it Rob Kendall Way. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we got this letter in the mail, and it was actually addressed to Kevin, uh, care of Kendall and Casey, and it's been driving him crazy all morning long because he doesn't know what is in the letter. Should we open it when we come back? You want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The suspense will end soon, Kevin. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Yeah! (laughs) Just let it go for a second. I knew you were going to say that. Just one second. Uh Uh-huh. I was uh, mentoring Kevin before the show. That's fine. No, pull back up. Uh, I told Kevin before the show that uh, this should be the spiel that you give to any woman whose heart you're trying to win. Two hearts are better than one. Two hearts are better than one. Mm -hmm. Two hearts, girl, get the job done. It's very wise. I don't know. I don't know if I would listen to Rob Kendall for your love mentor. Yeah, Kevin. I think all of my uh, my mentor advice yeah. that I've gotten from him, mm-hmm. it all comes straight from Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin. I had the pleasure as, as you have meeting Kevin's parents over the weekend. I know we both did. They're they were, so nice. They were at Radiothon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin's band Uno Gold Uno Dot Gold mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. was playing. They did a fabulous cover of Feliz Navidad, mm-hmm. and uh, then afterwards we went to the Sully's Grill there at Sullivan's Hardware mm-hmm. and uh, I actually bought Kevin's mom a beer. Yeah, Kevin's mom was uh, mm-hmm. pounding some brews and having mm-hmm. a good time and we, we heard all sorts of stuff about and Kevin. Kevin's dad told me, I don't know if you heard this Kevin he's very excited about the mentorship program <laughs> that we have going on and he feels like you are growing as a person in in infinite leaps and bounds since mm-hmm. we've started this. Yeah, That's yeah. promising. Yeah, you, you go ahead and you take professional advice from him but the love advice I don't know. Uh, do you want to get to Kevin's letter, well, or do you want to you want to do something else? No, let's first? go ahead and do this. Ke- okay. So Kevin. So by the way, we were going to do voicemails, but you people <laughs> did not perform to the level. And this is why we don't do live phone calls. We've said the 
uh, airtime here <laughs> is so valuable that we cannot risk just turning live phones over to people. And this today was a reason why there was just you people were terrible on the phones. There was nothing of any interest. And I said, I'm not. If you people are not going to up your game, we are not going to give you the airtime. So it, the onus is on you guys tomorrow to do a better job with the phone call. Yeah, 317-684-8444 is the phone number. But Kevin did receive this letter in the mail. Kevin, care of Kendall and Casey, WIBC. There is no return label on it. We don't know who it's from. And why is it dropped on my desk? Because they know... Kevin has a desk! <laughs> that is true. Nobody knows where... you. Oh, yeah, you yeah, do I've have got a, a desk, desk right yeah. next to And again, Matt's for the office. record, I do not open the mail. What did I do, Casey, when I came in? You gave it to me. I do not open the mail. <laughs> if you are going to think you're going to get me by sending something in the mail, mm-hmm. you are just going to hurt innocent civilians in this process because I do not open the mail. It also, I had pondered because I brought this in before you came in mm-hmm. and I looked it over with Allison and I thought, well, maybe it is a love letter of some sort. Mm-hmm. However, the writing appears very Kaczynski-esque. <laughs> and so I don't think it is like... Uh, You're Kevin familiar and I were, with Kaczynski's handwriting? Kevin and I were pondering okay. what might be in there. You know, could it be a lottery ticket? Could it be nuclear codes? Could it no. be a, you know, a love letter of some sort? You've really built this up. Could it be, you know, what is it, those bourgeois photo- photography? It's nothing quite so So salacious. I have no idea what's in this. What? It's a three by five index card uh-huh and it simply says uh-huh bumper music suggestion <laughs> <laughs> that's it uh carol king <laughs> it might as well rain until september <laughs> so they sent a letter just to say that yeah bumper- they just sent a message online <laughs> there it is bumper music suggestion carol king <laughs> I got to say, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, yeah, I know. Wait, right? wait, wait. You're telling me somebody went to the effort of writing it down, mm-hmm. putting a stamp. <laughs> what is a stamp now? 60 cents? 55 cents? What is a 58 cents? What is a U.S. postage now? I'm trying to read what it Do they says. even say on the forever stamps anymore? Probably it, not. It doesn't. No, it, it's a forever stamp. Um, no. And it was mailed from Indianapolis. It has the Indianapolis. That. We have to, Mark that Connor. person, next segment, Kevin, you, whatever that song is. You've got to find it. You've got to find it and play it yeah, for that person. Yeah, they did go through the treble. That too. is an, mm-hmm. an, an yeah. incredible amount of effort mm-hmm. to hear a song that you could just go right now on whatever streaming platform you desire and just hit play. Well, you know what? Uh, we're going to make their dream come true. <laughs> He's like, I've got it queued up. I'm ready to go. Playing all the hits you want to yeah. hear, 93.1 mm-hmm. WIBC. <laughs> Carol King, it might as well rain until September. All right. Um, let's talk about Todd Young. So the Cass County Republican <laughs> Committee sent a letter of censure to denounce him <laughs> after he voted in favor of the Respect for Marriage Act. Yes. A federal bill. Uh, Biden's supposed to sign it today. Yes. Todd Young is phenomenal at championing for things that Biden loves. Have you noticed that? Yes. Of all, all the- I do recall a picture of Todd Young standing right behind President Biden while he was signing the CHIPS Act. And I, okay, so I am torn on this because on one hand, kudos to the Cass County Republicans for censuring Todd Young for any reason whatsoever. I mean, but, but then there's another part of me that says, okay, so the 11 trillion added to the national debt and the hundreds of billions of dollars in waste, fraud, and abuse during the PPP stuff and the repeated siding with 
Democrats on spending bills. And, I mean, we could be here for nine years and still be talking about egregious things Todd Young has done. That wasn't enough to get a censure, Mm -hmm. but the Marriage Act was where you drew the line. Yeah, they said your decision elicited feelings of anger, disbelief, and even a sense of betrayal. We're not just fiscal conservatives, but social conservatives as well. Well, there's nothing about Todd Young that is remotely conservative. But look, and look, kudos to Cass County Republicans because I was told we're going to hold him accountable. And so far, they're the only people trying to hold him accountable. Now, Todd Young's going to laugh at this and use it as toilet paper when it shows up at his office. But that's what Todd Young does with all conservatives because they know the vast majority of people, I guarantee you, the vast majority of people who were involved in crafting this letter still probably voted for the guy for U.S. Senate. And that's... That's what he cares about. Now, I am still waiting for an explanation on why Todd Young thinks the federal government should have any business in marriage whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Why do we need, and nobody's explained this to me, like where in the Constitution, where in the enumerated powers, and Ethan and I had a long conversation about this, and nobody can point to it. The enumerated powers are the 18-ish things that the federal government is supposed to do. Coinage, military, whatever. I have scanned that high and low, left and right, back and forth, and I don't see marriage in there anywhere. And yet we keep applauding people because they're doing things that the government is not supposed to do because we like the thing that they did. So it's interesting. This letter went on to say that Senator Young knows we are displeased with his voting record. Oh, sure. Uh, We feel we're not being heard. We feel left out. Our voices... Uh, have been heard. Our voices need to be heard, and Senator Young needs to hear them. And they also said that they want other counties to follow suit as well in censure. A little slap on the wrist. Because that's really all that's going to At least happen. someone's trying to hold him accountable. I was told there would right. be accountability. The, the accountability meeting apparently met, Rob, and they decided <laughs> to do that. Okay, let's quickly talk about this FTX founder, Sam Bankman-Fried. He was arrested in the Bahamas last night. Interesting. He was supposed to uh, testify today, and then he got picked up last night before mm-hmm. he could do that. In front of the U.S. House, right? Mm-hmm. Who he gave a whole bunch of money to, mm-hmm. who he helped fund most of their re-elections. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, here is the question. I have multiple questions on this. And you know me, Casey, I, I realize by asking this, I'm going to be called a radical right-wing democracy-hating semi-fascist. But the timing mm. on the arrest, right. hours before he's supposed to appear in front of the U.S. House of Representatives mm-hmm. to talk about what's going on as it relates to this little uh criminal empire that he was overseeing over there and hey you know some logical questions like how much money did ukraine invest with you where did that money come from what did you do with the money how did a little goober like you give whatever it was 50 million dollars why did you give it all the democrats mm-hmm. right before he's gonna have to answer those questions well mm-hmm. what do you know now he's arrested and he's i guess not testifying yeah uh the united states is pursuing criminal charges against him the bahamas uh, also oh. pursuing regulatory and criminal investigations. It's got to be pretty bad if the Bahamas is getting involved, right? I mean, cause I, isn't that the premise of the Bahamas is you do as you see fit over here? Right. Well, we do have that uh, you know, extradition agreement uh-huh. with them. Uh, the federal government is pursuing wire and bank fraud charges against Sam Bankman-Fried. He could face life in prison without the possibility of release. Uh, but they shut him up just in time. By, by arresting him... They're kind of saving him. 
Well, and it'll be interesting, too, does he get the Bernie Madoff treatment where we're going to pariah you and you get a life sentence? Mm -hmm. Because typical white-collar crimes usually do not result in the sort of Bernie Madoff-esque dealio, you know, in terms of sentencing. But in this case, it's so egregious, but... He may Epstein himself. Who, who who knows at this point? He seems like the type of guy who would talk to. Oh, sure. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I, I, there are any number of ways this thing could play out, and absolutely none of them would surprise me. Yeah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've got Hammer joining us next. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Kevin! Fire is you're supposed to play that lady's request! Hammer and asked me to play a Christmas song. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Let it's it the Hammer and Casey it. show. I walk into your show and I'm the boss. How does that make you feel, Robbie? He's, he's like Pitbull. He's going to fall on top of your girl. <laughs> Listen, if we're going to go Christmas here, I love a little rat pack here. Yeah. Like... Fewer things make me smile than good old-fashioned Vegas-style Rat Pack. Mm -hmm. If I could jump in the hot tub time machine and go back to any era, I want to go back to old Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. downtown, Frank, Dean, Sammy, all playing at the, you know, the dudes, the stardust, you know, (laughs) that's when dudes were dudes back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Serious question, though, have you finished or even started your Christmas shopping, Casey? I have started. I haven't quite finished, no. Okay, and Rob, question for you. Have you ever bought a gift for anyone other than yourself? (laughs) Uh, I have already bought my Christmas present uh, for my wife this year. She wanted to go see Matt Walsh, who's going to be uh, downtown. And uh, uh, I'm going to subject myself to going to that. All right, well... If you're looking for last-minute gift ideas, yes. uh, Hammer and Nigel Productions, we've got a board game out, and I think you guys will really enjoy this. Move over Monopoly. This Christmas, there's only one item that can bring the whole family together. Hammer and Nigel Products presents the Hammer and Nigel Show, the board game. Just set up the game board, roll the dice, and follow the instructions on the corresponding cards. Like this. Look, Dad, you landed on lewd nude due to the news. <laughs> I sure did, Jimmy. Now here, help me get these underwear off. It's perfect for children of all ages and ideal for family game night. Okay, Mom, you landed on booze news. <laughs> I love you. Now pass Mama that case of Old Milwaukee. And if you order in the next 10 minutes, we'll even throw in another game for free. Elizabeth Warren's Twister. Left foot red. Left foot red. The Hammer and Nigel Show board game. Order today. That's the gift that keeps on it. giving the whole year. That's an oldie but a goodie. It is. Did yeah. I hear John Herrick in there? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> you might have heard some people who don't work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you uh, you uh, happened to overhear, Kevin and I were mentioning in the last segment, the little, you know, now well-known mentorship program that we have where every so often we'll go uh, pound a few brewskis together and I'll tell Kevin not to make the same mistakes that I made. Right. And I feel like I want a piece of this action. Yeah, right? Oh, no. <laughs> in a roundabout way, I kind of feel like a mentor to yeah, Rob. Yeah, that's right. You're the grand mentor here. Right. So these are the things that I've always believed in, Kevin. You can take these with you. <laughs> things that I've told Rob. Number one, if it feels good, do it. <laughs> you can never go wrong with that philosophy. If yeah. it feels good, do it. 
it. Rule number two, always remember rule number one. Yeah. Rule number three, the following phrases will only get you in trouble. I've got a plan. Give me the keys and I'm not afraid. (laughs) Those were the things that used to be uttered in my college house where I was the tame one. Yeah. Think about the people you lived with that you were the upstanding citizen in your uh, college experience. They made Bluto from the Delta House mm-hmm. look like a choir boy. Yeah. So those were the things you want to avoid. And lastly, and this is really important, when it comes time to trying to look cool or maybe impressing that certain lady, no matter what you're doing, everything looks more badass when you're slowly pouring a Colt 45. <laughs> Yeah, I, those I like are my that. tips. Okay, so here is also a follow up question because you and I have had this debate for years. Is Kevin, you're 27, is that yeah. right? Is 27 too old to wear a backwards ball cap and broad ripple? Boy, you're right there on the fringe. I have an answer for that. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm leaning yes. Yeah, but I do you, not do backwards ball caps. It, it kind of depends on how you look too. Like, like Kevin, if you put your hat on backwards. I think there'd be too much forehead going yeah, on. Yeah. Like if Peyton Manning had a hat on backwards, it would look like the you know right, IMAX. Sure. So, but th- there is a cutoff. <laughs> there is a cutoff. One for being out and partying in Broad Ripple, and two hat on backward in Broad Ripple. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, it's not a good look. Now, I wanted to jump into something else you guys were talking about too. Yeah. Did I hear that somebody bought Betty White's yeah. house? Yeah. And then tore it the hell tore down. It, tore it down. Yes. Ten million bucks. Mm-hmm. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Shooter McGavin in the movie Happy Gilmore wanted to buy Gilmore's grandma's house and then threatened to burn it down and urinate on the ashes. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is a straight up power move by Shooter McGavin. Yeah, I. Uh, why would you pay a premium? I mean, you're clearly paying not only a premium for the house itself, but I'm guessing there's some sort of celebrity premium involved in that. Why would you pay a premium to, to is the land that valuable? Apparently. And the Golden Girls are seeing sort of a resurgence because of all the reruns that are on like Hulu and the streaming services. My wife loves the Golden Girls. Yeah. She laughs at it now. She watches it all the time too? Yeah. We've gotten into the Golden Palace, which was the follow-up to the Golden Girls. And I maintain I'm about three episodes in. Have you ever seen this, Casey? Not the Golden the Palace. The Golden Palace was the, when when uh, Dorothy B. Arthur B. left. Arthur left. Mm-hmm. It was the other three. They bought a hotel in Miami, mm-hmm. and Don <laughs> Cheadle runs the hotel, and Cheech Marin is the chef. I'm three episodes in, and I'm saying this is every bit as good as the Golden Girls. Give it time. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> there's a reason why it only lasted one season. Like, there's like this young kid who has yeah. no purpose on right. the show. Sure. They pull a Happy Days with him on about halfway <laughs> through the season. You never see him again. Oh, he just disappears. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he went out into the, got lost in the ocean in Miami. I don't know what's going on, but the show gets progressively worse who, as it goes But who is on. tearing down Betty White's house? Why don't you make that like some sort of Betty White museum right. or like a Golden Girls theme because then it becomes like the Christmas story yeah. house mm-hmm. where people want to come by and get selfies there and look around, make it like a museum. You make your money back eventually. I know real estate is expensive in the greater, you know, where was it Beverly Hills yeah. or wherever she was from, but what? Why would you do that? It was marked as a teardown when it was sold, too. What? Like, you're buying this knowing you're going to tear it down. Apparently, there was one room in this house that was just full of stuffed animals. 
I bet it was a family room. of B. Arthur because yeah. B. Arthur and Betty White did not get along. Yeah. They actually hated each other when they were filming. You think Golden B. Arthur's Girls. the one who bought it just to tear it down. I believe it. She looks at the type of vindictive person who would probably have you know it in her will. You know, whoever you know is yeah. surviving, buy Betty White's house mm-hmm. and tear it the bleep down. When I watched Golden Girls as a younger person, I always thought that they looked very old. They looked like yeah. grandmas, right? Right. I'm that age now. Well, like the girls from Sex and the City now mm-hmm. are the same age yeah. as the Golden Girls when they mm-hmm. started that series. Yeah. But I will also say this, and I'm not too proud to admit it. When I was younger, I'd look at that show and be like, man, those broads are old. Now, three out of four. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Maybe three out of four. You're, uh, leaving, you're leaving Estelle off that list, aren't you? No, I'm leaving B. Arthur off the list. <laughs> I, uh, I did want to make a big, uh, <laughs> big announcement here for the show, and he's announced this publicly, so I think it's safe to say that Chris Davis, our news director, has announced he's accepted another job and is mm-hmm. leaving us, and that's terrible. But I told Matt Hibblin, our boss, I am putting in for the news director job here at WIBC <laughs> oh, because no. I think that would be a huge step for journalism, and nobody would cover the news like me as the news director. What if they bring in, like, Keith Olbermann? <laughs> What's uh, coming up this afternoon? Uh, Fish. Don Fisher, the voice of the Hoosiers. We'll talk about the passing of Mike Leach, coaching great, and then Tuesdays with Tony. Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.